Last time we talked about life in the shop. Seems fitting enough that this time we talk about life on the road. I'm Tyler J. Thomas, and along with Tim Coleman and Jeff Moss, this is The Three Tumblers. It's been a few years since I've been on the road, but when I was, it was a lot different than the role I have now. Mainly that I have a uh, regular, clean, safe place to take a dump. Love bathrooms. Uh, but when I was back out on the road, you know, that wasn't a luxury I had, especially you're running four, five, six calls a day. God forbid it's all residential and you have to ask somebody for permission to use the bathroom. Commercial, you know, you just go. But there are, you know, perks to, to being out on the road. Number one, you're breaking up your day. It's not institutional or it's not like you're in the shop all day, something new, uh, a lot of different things to see. And some people enjoy that. I really didn't. I'm fine with sitting and staring at the same room all day. Um, but other people, you know, they prefer being out there. Tim, do you like, you like breaking up the monotony? Do you like going out on the road? Hell yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, it's, uh, in, in a lot of different ways is very reminiscent of back when I was on patrol because, you know, I might be surrounded by the same vehicle all day long, but I'm working out of that vehicle. That vehicle is my office and, and now it is my shop and you run into stuff that you, you just don't get to when, when you're in the shop location. I uh, think we uh, posted some video a while back about uh, an exit device that I had to work on. You know, that was in 85 degree heat, direct sunlight, 85% humidity, and I had to fix it. You you get your hands dirty in the field and you don't know what you're walking up on to some degree. You don't know uh, what you're getting into. And, and I love that. You get to see new stuff all the time too. Shit you don't normally see, and you're like, "Uh oh, how does this work?" Well, I and I would point out that in the shop, I do get my hands dirty, and I never know what, what or who is going to come in. But it's nice to not have to be. I guess it would be nice to not have to be in the same place all does the that, time. Does that bother you, or are you like me, where you don't mind it? You actually kind of prefer it. I don't mind because there's a lot of variety, but when it's quiet, it's really quiet. <laughs> Well, I, I, I don't know how they do it there, but when it was quiet at one of the shops I worked at, the people that were in the truck were uh, responsible for cleaning said truck and taking inventory and all of that. And uh, they didn't much care for it. I mean, I'm supposed to like between jobs or, or when I'm in the shop, but also whenever we are scheduled to be in the shop, it's because there's nobody else in the shop that, you know, three, three people working there and so if I'm off the road for the day to be in the shop, then with the volume of customers we have coming in and out, it's kind of hard to to be out back to organize my truck. I mean, you guys have seen the shit show that's riding behind me before. Right. And, and uh, I mean, it's different with us. We have 11 people, but generally they don't like to help when they're in the shop and it, they see that it's like beneath them. And that's frustrating because when I'm busy, I need help. 
and they they don't always all volunteer they're some are better than others some don't know this stuff so sometimes their helping wouldn't help but if i'm doing a car you could take care of whatever else you know i'm not expecting you to go out and program the car you've never done it you don't know how to use the programmer that's fine but you could at least you know while i'm doing something or cutting a car key they should you should just acquiesce and know that everybody's expected to help out when they're in the shop it, like like with us if um if you come off the road say you're not done with your calls during the day but you need to stop back by the shop you know like halfway through the day and you pull up and there's four people waiting in the lobby you help the next person in line right. even if you stop by to get parts you you stop and oh okay you need five copies of this Schlage key or or you you want you you've spent the last 10 minutes picking out which uh uh designer or pretty or fancy key whatever for your quick set uh and you want two copies of it okay cool you go do that and then you grab your parts after you've helped you know whatever next customer yeah i mean i think that's common courtesy also you answer the phone when you're in there yes well, our office lady likes to answer the phone on the half ring and then page whoever it is. So it's if I were just be able to answer the phone, I could usually help them right away. Instead, I have to rush to the phone. Then she answers it. Then 30 seconds later, Jeff line two, and she's not going to change. So it, I could I could find plenty of things to gripe about, but we'll make a gripe episode. Tim, how often do you clean your truck? Because when I was doing it, every Sunday was truck clean i can't work in mess you've seen our shop y'all both seen it you've been here yeah i i can't work in mess brass shavings empty boxes tools not where they should be whatever it gets hectic and you know friday you're dead tired you don't want to deal with it i'll get it sunday and that's what i did but come monday if the truck was a mess man i uh i was in a foul mood i couldn't deal with it it changed Speaking. my it changed my mood completely but if i if, if it was clean go get them throw any job at me yeah and some of our guys it seems like they clean their truck once a year yeah tyler speaking of uh i'm i'm glad that you use the term foul uh because if you saw the back of my truck as it sits right now you would shit a duck (laughs) i mean it's it's horrible there there's an empty exit device box there are empty uh boxes from access control jobs they're is like a case of commercial you know grade one passage levers they're going to be used monday um but it's kind of like you know okay get through and yes i am messy um my co-worker she keeps her truck to the point where you can practically eat off the floor uh my boss jason will laugh if he hears that comment for many reasons i'm not going to go into right now but you know, I, I try to, I try to keep it clean. Really? I promise. Yeah. I mean, and, and what bothers me is like, we have a sep, we have a separate recycling dumpster and guys will just throw all their trash in the main dumpster. Like, you know, we're paying the boss pays for somewhere for a separate cardboard dumpster. You can at least take 30 seconds, pull the stuff out. That's trash. But I'm also the chief dumpster diver, so I get I get all the scrap metal that nobody bothers to deal with. So it works for me. The the Cooper right now is like trashed filled with shit, and mm-hmm. we've got to take it in for brake service. 
And I went back there to look because he said, oh, I got to clean it out before we take it up there. And I looked at it. I was like, you fucking live like this. You work like this. I mean, I remember I just saw there was a when it was up front with a pin kit in the front seat and stuff. Yeah, I was like, God damn, man. Jason's HPC machine uh, broke loose its mounting bolts in the back of his truck. And it is upside down on the floor of his truck for like the fifth time in the past six months. And he doesn't cut any keys in the back of his truck anymore. I I would just say, and this is my opinion, this is not, you know, fact, but I would, I think the employer should give you the time to clean your vehicle. You shouldn't be expected to clean it on your own time on the weekend. Unless you take it home. Then I think that's that's reasonable. Our guys do take them home, but. I I was just going to say kind of like, you know, oil changes. If there's downtime to do it. Yeah. But if you're busy, and it's due since you're taking it at home, you know, take an hour out of your day on Saturday on your own time to go get the oil change done. You're not paying for it. Uh, but at the same time, you're not paying a, a daily driver. Yeah. You're not paying gas. You're not paying any of that. So I guess actually then I'm really lucky because uh, Jason lets us schedule time to be down in the shop so I can block out like two hours of a morning to clean out and organize and restock my truck. And, you know, also oil changes, he does them himself. You know, we don't take him to a shop to do. And all you really have to do is say, hey, boss, my my truck needs an oil change. He takes it home and does it there. Right. But you only have what? One or two vehicles? Uh, Three vans. Mm-hmm. I've seen uh, some guys like I think on Locksmith Nation, they've got fucking vehicle lifts in their shop i mean they do all yeah. their maintenance i mean it's impressive yeah place i worked one summer is a fire alarm company and it was in an old cleveland fire station and around the back you know you had like the two normal garage doors but then they had added on in the back they had a lift and stuff and they would wash their trucks and do like some basic service stuff that's that's what jason wants in the next shop if he has the next shop building do you have a divider between your front and back, Tim? Kind of. Uh, it's, it's kind of like a uh, hallway. Um, this go in and we have like pocket doors, but we in the back of the shop, we don't have um, like we we don't have a bay door in the back of the shop. I think he was talking about in your van. In the van? A, a divider, right? Is well, yeah. Well, I mean, what I was getting at, somebody pulls out in front of you, you got to slam on the brakes. If you got all kinds of shit in your back, it's coming to the front. You ever had that? Oh, in, in the van, not the, yeah. in the shop. I thought she said in the shop. Uh, we have half dividers, so they're like between the seats. Um, I don't like a full divider, and I'm going to get into that later in the show. But uh, so everything kind of will funnel up to the center console. If you have to slam on your brakes. What about uh, when I was in a van, it seemed like because, you know, road rash and all that stuff, brackets break loose all the time. Uh, The holders, the shelvings, that shit all wears down over time. Just that's what's going to happen. How often are you having to repair something in your truck? The interior. Actually, not very often because the uh, my truck is actually the newest in the fleet. And the guy who had it uh, that worked there before me, he built it out and they, they use like birch plywood for the shelving. And um, it 
actually holds up really, really well. Like I've not had anything other than LED lights that are overhead lighting. Um, those have kind of gone wonky. We need to replace those. The replacements have been sitting in the front for, I don't know, like 11 and a half months now. Uh, but, you know, I mean, generally nothing's really wrong with it. You're making sure to turn the inverter off before you, before you leave? A every day. And, and actually that's on a, a separate battery. It's got a deep cycle marine battery uh, just for that. Uh, which charges off the main battery and, and alternator and everything. That battery in my truck needs to be replaced because the little voltmeter said like seven volts on it the other day. So yeah, it needs to be replaced, but uh, nah, I mean, it, it works great. All right. Well, I guess my final point will be uh, Tim. I know we've talked about it. You've had some pretty long treks. I certainly did back in the day. Uh, I would go, uh, from Atlanta all the way to Commerce, Georgia, which I know most people don't know, but it's about a 90-minute trek. Uh, in the downtime, there's a lot of shit to do or sitting in rush hour traffic, even if you're only going 30 minutes. You know, How do you break up uh, that monotony? Me, uh, years, was a subscriber to Sirius and then got into podcasting and music and Spotify and all that, which I absolutely love. Even when I had a commute home, which is I used to live an hour and a half away from the shop so one hour in one hour and a half out shit sucks uh, now i only have a two minute drive but uh the thing is is that you know you got to do something with that downtime otherwise you'll go crazy unless you just want to sit in silence which i get i've i've been that way too when i'm frazzled after a job tim how do you break it up so i'm i'm kind of like you used to be uh mileage wise and like if i were to drive from my house to the shop at i don't know 4 a.m it would be less than a 40 minute drive uh when i leave at my normal time it's about 55 minutes and when i come home in the evenings going the same route it's an hour 20 minutes the way that i kind of do things is that time between my house and the shop i listen to news uh, mornings and evenings. And then during the day, I'll listen to podcasts or uh, music, you know, because I've got a, a serious XM app, you know, subscription. Um, I'll listen to that. But a lot of times I, I listen to audiobooks. That's what I did when I was on patrol because uh, the agency that I worked for in my assignments, I would have to drive, you know, a long distance. And after a while, I kind of got tired of listening to just the same playlists over and over again. And I wanted to make my brain work. You know what, you know what I would do sometimes too, especially uh, if I was doing something for the first time, I would drive to the job in silence, but I would visualize how I thought the installation or the repair would go. So like step-by-step step, I'm running it through my brain so that when I'm getting there uh, I've got to, all planned out or at least i think how it's going to work i mean shit can go foul real quick but i i got in, i sat in silence especially i think the first time i ever installed a trident i had read that fucking 20 page manual or whatever and i was running through my brain okay i got a the template i got to mark top and bottom then i got to mark middle and all the you know i would run through and say this is how i have to do it and you know a lot of times that that would help too just sitting in silence visualizing how i thought the installation was going to go for something new or something I've never done before. 
I've tried that and it always Jeff, turns to a shit show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeff, it, I know it's not per se a vehicle, but you have a commute to work. How do you fill the time? I only have like a 10, 15 minute commute. So it's whatever. You listen to anything or you just sit in silence like a psychopath? Like I said, I listen to Rover's Morning Glory. You got to hit the ding for uh, plugging somebody. Checks in the mail. Usually get a coffee, you know, on the way to work. Yeah, I mean, sometimes on the way home from work, I'll be annoyed and I'll sit in silence. (laughs) All right, well, Tim is practically shooting himself getting ready for his time to talk about staying away from the nasty places. So let's not keep him waiting. So we just talked about a lot of different ways to deal with being on the road. Uh, but sometimes when you got to go, you got to go. You should be aware of more things, though, than just uh, where to find a bathroom. Although that's important. There are certain dangers out there, though, that locksmiths have to be aware of. You know, the, the first thing that I'd like to talk about is a few months ago, I was on PJ Slauson's. Uh, live for CLK Supplies, and he asked me on there specifically uh, to talk about locksmith safety. And I I did, and I encourage everybody to uh, go back and watch that episode uh, that I appeared with him on. Uh, but there were, after I got done on his show, there were so many things that I thought about that I wished I had said, like, you know, when you're in the back of the truck, and depending on how your truck's set up, uh, this time of year in the southeast, there are days that are really nice and you want to have the door open. So if you have a sliding door on your truck, you want to have it open, have fresh air coming in. Uh, but if your back is towards that door, maybe have something like a little mirror in front of you so you can see what's behind you. Um, you know, knowing how to park. Always parked where you can get out. Don't pull in. Don't have to try to back out of a job site or something. Um, These are just a few things uh, as far as being safe on the road that I can think of. You know, just just keeping aware and watching, you know, the people around you and the situation around you and uh, staying on your toes, basically. Uh, Tyler, when you were out there, your your city that you work in is slightly bigger than Charlotte. Uh, when you were getting out of the back of the truck, what kind of safety issues did you keep in mind? Uh, we had a customer that was uh, check cashing, which is, you know, it's not you don't find that in the hallmarks of communities. So, yeah, you know, situational awareness was number one. Um, that's when I really, I had always shot guns in my life, mainly trap and skeet and shotguns, sporting clay, stuff like that. But that's when I really started learning about pistols, um, carrying, 
practices, you know, just minding your P's and Q's and all of that. Thank God never had to pull my gun, never needed it, but you know, it's nice to know it was always there. Uh, the other thing too, and this is something my dad taught me a long time ago because he worked in Atlanta, not in the best parts of town. And, uh, even during the Rodney King riots here, uh, you just kind of have to have a, a, an aura or carry yourself like you're not to be fucked with, or at least that nothing bothers you and people can pick up on that body language. And that's always served me well. I've never been hassled in Atlanta. Um, and I've worked in some bad, bad parts. I was a locksmith for a, a HBCU and, and not the best part of town. And I was probably one of three white people within four square miles, but uh, never got hassled, never got bothered. It's just, you know, uh, all the way you carry yourself. And that's not going to protect you all the times. But um, yeah, but you didn't want to go to the varsity without your gun. Yeah, well, you know. It's not it's not likelihood. It's what's at stake. And I'm important. OK, <laughs> you know, as a, as a cop, I've worked a ton of different areas, you know, all so what, kinds of it wasn't to protect me. I got you. Well, if you got behind me, you'd be pretty safe. As skinny as you are, yeah, you know, don't body shame me. <laughs> so as a cop, you know, I worked a, a ton of different areas and like you were saying, there were there were some places that were really good, some places that were really shitty, but had good people and other places that were good, but had shitty people. Jeff, up there in, in your neck of the woods, uh, it's it's pretty much all like uh, just sunshine and lollipops, right? Oh, yeah. There's never any problems in, in Cleveland. <laughs> I, I, I We joke about that, but you had an incident uh, just you know, a couple of few years ago uh, at a place that you worked at and it, it brought dangers of the street literally into your doorstep. Yeah. You know, you, you want to uh, kind of briefly give us the rundown about that. Yeah. We got robbed at gunpoint by a 15 year old kid at the time. Now he's uh, 19 and in jail. Uh, was arrested for murder recently. So that's cool. That uh, not cool that he murdered somebody, but no, uh, but it, makes you really uh, not thrilled with the system that uh, he was in juvenile. He got out, stole a car, went to jail, robbed somebody else, got out, killed somebody. Now he's in jail on a million dollar bond. So, yeah, I should, it you know, they made it sound like he was going to get punished a lot more if something happened after he was in juvenile for a year. And uh, I don't think that's the case since he shouldn't have been out. Right. And, and regardless of whatever, you know, the local system does um, in these cases, and, and that's an entirely different podcast for me to be on. But regardless of that, whenever you have an incident like that is, you know, there are some places that fix the barn doors after the horses come back in. Uh, some places are, you know, have great doors that never let the horses escape in the first place. So, I mean, I think that's kind of something, you know, is a storefront business, you know, like you work at Jeff and, and Tyler, you're, you're open, not quite to the same degree during the day. Um, but, you know, like Jeff and I have people coming in constantly, um, 
it's just something to be aware of and and think you know okay this isn't just on the road this is also in the shop um you know be mindful of cash when you have cash out in the open uh, a lot of people think that you only have to pay locksmiths cash for unlocks and stuff well, and to be fair, the, the shopping center, you know, the hardware store is its own building on a corner in a residential neighborhood versus the shop where we're in. We're in a commercial strip with security patrol outside, audio and video recording inside, alarms, hold up, all that stuff. Where at the hardware store, there was none of that. So the security threat, whatever, the threat model is much less where where the where my shop is yeah and i mean you know the uh the town that the shop i work at is located in it's actually one of the wealthiest small towns in the whole state um and we don't see a lot of crime but we do occasionally get somebody come in and it's like you know okay they've they've driven from one of those areas 45 minutes and you know they get here they they can't get what they want um and, and we're kind of going back to shop life uh so i'd like to steer that back onto the road when you get a call and we talked about this in the dispatching episode but you know when you get a call and everything sounds fine and you give it out to you know to your person on the road uh or in, in a lot of times in my case you you give it to yourself and you get there and uh the alarm bells just start going off you know once you're on on site you have to listen to those gut instincts you know if it's an overgrown driveway and the house looks kind of abandoned and maybe the person was a little squirrely when you called them um you know there was one job i i remember clearly uh he wasn't out in the middle of nowhere it was a town home in charlotte and uh he was really, really difficult to get a hold of. And I called him when I was on my way. He didn't answer. So I texted him and he replied immediately. And then I get there on the site and I ring the doorbell. And normally I give between 30 and, and 50 seconds before I ring the doorbell or knock on the door again. And he didn't answer. And I'm standing there you know, my cop instincts are going off and I look and there's literally, he has five different cameras pointed to the front of his townhome. You know, one of them literally stuck to the outside of the window and then the window was pulled down over the wire for it. So I'm like, what the fuck? And uh, call him on the phone. He doesn't answer. I text him and said, hey, I'm outside your front door. He's like, okay, I'll be there in a second. He pulls the curtains back and looks down to see if it's, you know, like if I'm there for real. So immediately alarm bells are going off and I'm like, no, I'm not. This just isn't going to be right. And I go in, I go with the guy. He wants a cam lock literally on every single kitchen cabinet and drawer in his kitchen. He wants deadbolts on his food pantry. He wants deadbolts on his linen closets and the most important thing to him was he wanted me to cut him a, a code key for his craftsman toolbox, which I tried. It didn't work. And I said, I'll have to quote you for the rest. And I quoted him like 10 grand. And he said, how quick can you get it done? And I said, six to eight months. 
this was, I, I'm not really, going back. Yeah. <laughs> that so he didn't accept the quote? Uh no, he he wanted to know how soon I could get it done. And I said, "Look, if you want it done faster than like almost a year, you need to contact and I gave him a couple of our competitors numbers. Nice. <laughs> Maybe not the right thing to do, but you know, I just did not feel comfortable ever setting foot back onto his property. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kind of watch out for yourself. Uh, Tyler, I, I guess we've, we've kind of covered, but you know, you have to have that era. Um, but there are ways to, to really watch out for yourself. It, it, other than carrying, you know, self-defense or, or whatever. Yeah, especially if you go into something where you're a little bit leery, a bad part of town, or the caller gives you pause for concern. Uh, when you get there, you pull up, you act like you're doing paperwork. Maybe you are, and you just start observing. Um, you know, what's going on around me? Uh, a lot of people out on the street, a lot of people looking at me. Why are they looking at me? My truck's clearly marked. You can see what I'm here for, what I'm doing. Uh, yeah, just... Uh, observation or situational awareness and if you don't like it yeah pull the ford lever down to drive and get the hell out of there jeff do uh does your shop handle any evictions we try not to gotcha um i mean we do some of them but you know it's on a case-by-case basis and usually we're not available right so so i mean we're kind of the same way if we're available to um, and it's a customer that we've done work for before, then we'll set it up. I don't mind doing them because every single one, well, all but one that I've ever been to, the people have already been gone. Yeah. So it's not that bad. Um, any, uh, any experiences that you've heard from guys on the road for oh. Evictions. I think I've I think I've told the story once before. They called in and said it was a reiki, but it was actually an eviction. And the lady's husband or something, the lady who called her husband was a cop and was like, "You can't do this legally." Like telling his wife, "Like why did you waste their time calling them?" So they paid us a service call and we left. Like if the customers lie, you know, they say, "Oh, we're just reiki in one door." You know, we we don't do a lot of you know. We're, we're usually not available for lockouts and we're usually not available for evictions. So, you know, the chances of someone actually being there when some had somebody walked over last week, I'm locked out of my house, blah, blah, blah. Like he seemed a little squirrely. I don't know if we ended up doing it or not, but like he was walking his dog. You know, we didn't have anybody available. We said, we'll try back in an hour. And he came back in and, you know, one, I think, you know, the, like I said, we just usually aren't available at that exact moment. <laughs> so it's, you it, you know, evictions we schedule. So I guess we just try not to have to do them. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Tyler. That was a lot of rambling. But... Yeah, well, it's good rambling because it reminds me of this story where you get called out for a run of the mill rekey in a fine area, no red flags up whatsoever. And Midway through the job, you find out it's a domestic dispute. One lover is locking out another, and burned lover shows up on the job. It's happened to me twice. Both times it got physical. One time I had to actually go to court to testify what I saw. I like the guy beat the shit out of her. 
and it's kind of like you prepare and you try to be as safe as you can. Everything looks great. And then all of a sudden, you know, just run of the mill, mundane rekey shit pops off and you're like, what the, how the fuck did I get into this? So, you know, even in those circumstances, it's like, I'm just going to drive off, which I did the first time called the police, you know, all of a sudden cars everywhere. But uh, yeah, I mean, even if you got locks in hand and in the truck or whatever, it's it's nothing to drive off or at least refuse to go back in until the authorities can get there to to suss it out. But you know, even the most, like I said, the most mundane, normal things can just go crazy in a matter of seconds. You never know. I was I I was on one of those jobs where the uh, the property owner had legal possession. Um, the people had been served with the eviction notice. Police had escorted them out. But I get there to rekey it, and the people who had been living there were still moving their shit out. And local police was there. I said, "Hey, I'm the locksmith. I'm also, you know, a cop." And uh, you know, we sat and we chatted. And I'm like, you know, I don't know if I want to go into that. Long story short, I wound up, I wound up rekeying two doors. And uh, the uh, electronic deadbolt, it was some sort of cheap ass electronic deadbolt. Uh, one of the people who was being forced out said, can we have our deadbolt back? And I said, that's not up to me. And she's like, oh, well, do you know how to reprogram it? And I'm like, no. And after she said that, I reached in, in there with a pair of wire clippers. I cut the damn wire because it's my job to secure the property. I don't know if she knows a code to get in there. The property owner did not know a code for that lock. And so I disabled it. But yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of different things that we have to keep in mind when we are on the road when it comes to safety. And, you know, you shouldn't be afraid to to back off from a job. If you're looking at protecting yourself physically, consider all your local and state level uh, laws keep up with training. And if you think that that big screwdriver in your tool bag is going to protect you, think again, because that requires fine motor skills. Uh, you're better off with a dead blow hammer. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so after we've been keeping watch, talking about all this serious stuff, um, you know, Jeff, you haven't been on the road much, but I think you can effectively convey your views about it. Up next, after the break, let's listen to some free music. So like I talked about on the last episode, being in the shop is pretty much my life. But on occasion, I do get to go out into the real world. So I like it in the shop because people are coming into my turf versus you being in their home or their business. You know, it, it, you can control things more. There's just too many unknowns being in someone's house. I, you know, it, it, commercial work is different. You know, you kind of know what you're getting into. Although, resident, you know, retail commercial versus an office versus industrial, you know, some places they just let you go do the work and you don't see the customer at all. You know, it is nice to get out occasionally. It seems like the only time I get to help is when there's something heavy. So it's not typically enjoyable work. It's 
hey, we got to take this door down and put some hinges up and, you know, we just got to get it done. So you, you don't even really get to enjoy being out in the <laughs> in the in the world. But it's stuff that needs to be done. It's nice to see how the stuff is, you know, the actual applications of, of what I'm selling. You know, um, I would like to be able to get a little bit more of that experience because I'm selling door closers and panic bars and I've never installed one. So I'd like to have a little bit more more knowledge on that. And I have mentioned that before. Um, but I, you know, there's also something to be said where, you know, I can just sit and do a master key job and I can do it at my own pace, you know, in between. Every, sometimes, it, it, you know, you get interrupted 50 times and you're like, okay, you know, I'm just going to get it done when I can. Tyler, you're more office based, I guess now, but, you know, you do still get to do some of the work, right? In the shop. I mean, you're still cutting keys and all that, right? Yeah, yeah, but uh, I uh, actually we started kind of subcontracting to help out because we've got a lot of big jobs uh, at the at the moment, and I can't leave to do it, obviously. But um, I don't miss being out there. I tell you, I know this is the theme of the show, but I don't miss it, and I don't want to ever go back out there. But so you're subcontracting out your local work. You mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and local work has gotten that crazy that we're subcontracting working with others. Um, Mm-hmm. yeah actually we're gonna be hiring um i won't name them but a, a very uh very reputable locksmith company and a friend of mine uh his company to help us with some of these projects because they're just so damn big and and the fact that we're juggling multiple at one time if it was one maybe we could pull it off ourselves but the fact that it's two uh we gotta you'll, we gotta call in the big yeah you'll have to tell us after we're calling in the big guns got it Tim, what about you? I mean, you do, like I said, I mean, you said that you spend some time in the shop. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I like the balance. Like if I'm in the shop, say half a day every week, then, then I'm, I feel pretty good. Uh, But I do, I, I like being out on the road and something that you were saying about, you know, customers coming into your turf and you can control the environment. Uh, one thing that I, I meant to mention in my my block previously was don't ever take your shoes off in a customer's house. <laughs> uh, customers will demand that of you sometimes. Always offer shoe covers. And if they don't like that and they demand that you take your shoes off, uh, tell them it's an OSHA violation mm-hmm. uh, because it is. And workman's comp won't cover you if you're not wearing shoes. So, um, yeah, just... Uh, you know, being able to control the turf uh, is is something that I do like about being in the shop. But for the most part, I I like being out on the road. It's yeah. much of a pain in the ass it can be sometimes. Agreed. Well, that I pretty much only had one point, but I guess it's just like, you know, like I said before, it's frustrating when guys are in and they don't want to help. I help prep stuff for your jobs. That's part of my job. So if I'm doing other stuff and somebody comes in, you can at least greet them. And if you can't help them, that's one thing. But when they're sitting there on their phone and there's stuff to be done, it's frustrating. It grinds your gears is what you're saying. No, it tumbles my tumblers. It tumbles your tumblers. I mean, I was kind of saying that earlier is, you know, like in our shop, the rule is even though there's, you know, only three of us total, you know, when we've had more, we've, we've had less is 
when you're in the shop, you answer the phone. Uh, you you might be there just to grab your parts. Um, if there's a customer there, you help the customer uh, as best you can. You know, I don't do automotive, so if there's somebody waiting for automotive, I say, okay, she'll be with you in a minute, and I go to the next person. You know, oh, you need four copies of your your quick set house key. Sure, let me help you, and you do that, and you ring it up real quick. You know, it's yeah. not a big sale, but you you chip in. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, I think Tim has something crazy cooked up for us yet again. If you guys want to stick around, we'll all see what it is. All right, now time for some more on-the-fly questions. First off, what was the first pet you ever had that was not a family pet? Jeff. Never had any pets. What? Okay. We had a we had a cat for like two weeks in college. Okay. Well then I am shipping you a cat. Tyler. I had we had a dog, Jeff, that I named Poochie. You remember Poochie from Simpsons? Hell yeah. Yeah, I named the dog Poochie. That's nice. That's was cool. that like your pet, Tyler, or was it a family pet? It was ours. Me and my dad's. Okay. All right, Poochie. My my first pet that was mine and not a family pet was a hermit crab named Sam. He died like six months later. Saddest that I'd ever been at that point. All right. What is your most embarrassing moment out in the field, Tyler? Anytime I couldn't pick a lock. <laughs> like a shithead. <laughs> Jeff. Even though you've not been out in the field that much, what's your most embarrassing moment? Probably the last one w- with the continuous hinge where I had the screws in my pocket on the inside of the door. <laughs> oh, jeez. Mine's kind of like Tyler. I uh, had a house lockout, and I couldn't pick the Schlage F-Series knobs. So, yeah, that, oh. that sucked. Oh, I did almost cut my finger off in a uh, DOD job site one time uh, with a hole saw and uh, only had uh, electrical, uh, not electrical, painter's tape. So I ran to the bathroom, painter's tape it up. Nice. Jason almost cut the end of his finger off doing the same thing with a, uh, well, not the same thing, but with a uh, vertical, concealed vertical rod exit device. All right, Jeff, Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Trek. Tyler. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, I'll go with the boys from Amazon. Uh, No, Star Trek and Star Wars both for me. All right, guys, that's it for this random on-the-fly questions. Y'all really need to ask us questions. I mean, seriously, we're we're just going to start coming up with really some... I, I don't know what, but we need listener suggestions, so please send them in. Up next, our staff has to deal with a bunch of this stuff. So Tyler will take us to spare parts and the credits. Here we are again with spare parts, Mr. Jeff. Uh, My dad's finally able to golf again. He's going tomorrow for Father's Day to get... Uh, his first real game of golf in 
uh, since he had his shoulder surgery. Mr. Tim? So out in Springfield, Colorado, a man was pulled over by police for drunk driving and tried to switch seats with his dog. That didn't go over too well. The dog sat there and just stared at his driver and police pretty much quickly figured out that the dog was not the one driving. He's in trouble. <laughs> well, A for effort. The dog is in trouble? No, the man is in trouble. The dog's fine. The dog might be in trouble when the man gets home. The dog got got treats at the police department. Uh, uh, my spare part, uh, posted this earlier on Facebook. I went to saw went to see Sticks for like the 12th, 13th time. We've lost count at this point. At the Fox Theater, the lovely Fox Theater in Atlanta, Georgia. So that was a hoot and a holler. And then on the way home, I sat 25 minutes in a Crystals drive-thru because I was craving Crystals and I didn't give a shit how long I waited. The Fox Theater of Breck Camp fame? Yeah, that the Fox Theater. Wow. Yeah. Still looks beautiful. Just like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As always, if you have any hate mail or love letters for us, write them on a coconut and email it to the3tumblerspod at gmail.com. Now, that's all spelled out, the3tumblerspod at gmail.com. Or tag us on Twitter at the number three, tumblerspod. We've been getting really active there lately and picked up about seven followers in the last three days. So, come on, engage. I'm the executive producer of Howler J. Thomas. Our technical producer is Jeff Moss. Writer and editor is Tim Coleman. Our air traffic controller is Yolanda Ulucky. General contractor is Dustin Debris. And our chief legal counsel is Hugh Lewis Dewey of Dewey, Cheatham & Howe, otherwise known to the Atlanta underground as Huey Louie Dewey. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Come sail away, come sail away, come sail away with me. This has been a Three Tumblers production, season one, copyright 2023, all rights reserved. Find this episode and others wherever you get your podcasts. Tyler's a very modest locksmith. Yeah. Very. Go ahead, Tom. Stop interrupting me, Timothy. No, you got to pay attention to the LED. No, he's not here. As always, if you have any hate mail or love letters, <laughs> love letters. <laughs>